0: Listening, no, you're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. <laughs> <laughs> buns, Buns, Buns. I want to give you something real, but I don't know where to start. Darling, let's make a deal. I want to give you my heart.
1: I would say anything for love.
0: Hey, guys. Welcome to ISO, the Buns Podcast. So this week is going to be a little bit different than most other weeks, mainly because the show isn't going to be the show you think it is. As most of you know, I've been threatening for a long time to uh, start this Buns Podcast Network and get a bunch of other shows going, and we finally did it. So if you're interested in checking out some of the other shows, go to podcast.buns.com. Again, that's podcast.buns.com. We've got a show about the environment and sustainability. We've got a show where bands are being interviewed and their tarot cards are being read. We've got a show about pop culture and trying to find things to love in bad media. And we've got a show coming, which isn't out yet, uh, about 90s teen magazines. So definitely check it out, podcast.buns.com. Anyway, to kind of kick that off, every couple weeks I'm going to be featuring an episode from one of the other shows. Starting with this week, we're going to feature an episode of The Crystal Ballroom a day early. So if you're listening to this on Tuesday, This episode will actually drop on Wednesday in the Crystal Ballroom feed. So you get it early. This is episode four, I believe, of the Crystal Ballroom. Featuring none other than Tokyo Police Club. Or more accurately, Graham from Tokyo Police Club. So give it a lesson. Let me know what you guys think. Email me, podcast at buns.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod to get all of your Buns Podcast Network needs. Thanks, guys. Here is the Crystal Ballroom.
2: Hey, everyone, and welcome to Crystal Ballroom, the podcast where we peer beyond the cosmic curtain. Into the future of our favorite Toronto bands. I'm your host, Vanessa, here with my co host, Koji, and this week we sat down with Graham of Tokyo Police Club, or more importantly, host of the Stay Out of Riverdale podcast. This week it got personal. Graham asked us questions about his life, we talked about love, we talked about new metal.
1: Yes, I am a wet.
2: Oh, I am number
0: one. There we go. Beep, bop, boop. Now, your your ego is exposed for everyone to hear now because I was recording that.
2: Good. That should be the intro for every episode.
0: Why don't you uh,
1: kick us off?
2: Hello. Uh, I'm here in studio today with...
1: Hi, I'm Graham Wright.
2: And you are in what band? I'm in
1: Tokyo Police Club.
2: So today we are here with Graham to talk about the past, present, and future on Crystal Ballroom. Um, So why don't you... Give us a quick explanation of where the band came from.
1: Yeah. Um, well, literally Newmarket, Ontario, just up the street. Uh, and I mean, kind of more cosmically also Newmarket, Ontario, I think. I think we really came, of, um, fr- we're, we're from and of the suburbs. You Did know, you grew I up think there? In a particular way. We grew up there. We all grew up together. We've known each other since we were 10. Uh, we started playing music together sort of a few years later in high school. And that's, you know, it's the old, old story. There's nothing exciting about it. There's nothing to do, and there's nowhere to go. And you get together in basements, and you get guitars, and you sort of try to emulate, you know, the bands you see on TV. And especially back then, this was right, right before the internet made it easy to know about bands. So we only knew about, like, the big bands. And so we're like, I guess we'll just try and do that. And there was only, like, you know, there was a punk and hardcore scene, and we didn't fit into that. So we pretty much just stayed stayed the four of us cooped up and and wrote songs until we could come and play toronto and that was 11 years ago who are the bands that you saw on tv um i mean again this was the right at the beginning of you know like the the rock is back the last time rock came back like the strokes and the white right. stripes and the hives and, and interpol and all those guys um and then like broken social scene and arcade fire and that whole canadian like you have to have 11 guys thing right happened shortly after and i think that's really you know we kind of were a synthesis of that because we there was only 4 of us we could only play in the in the format of the rock stuff but because we were a canadian band i think we we felt on some level obliged to like try and make 12 people's worth of music uh and i think somewhere in that attempt came whatever whatever is or was unique about us i think it was from that
2: so um of those bands what would you say Tokyo Police Club is an amalgamation of. What What do you guys sound like?
1: I mean, it's been, mercifully, it's been years since I, I've thought about it. I feel like at the beginning you have to really do the, come up with that a lot to sell it to people. And then at a certain point, it either sells itself or it doesn't. Um, Maybe an easier question is, what are the bands that you guys as a band agree on? Because I feel like that's a, a good starting point. Usually. Yeah, that's that's a good point. A few, fewer and fewer nowadays. I of think. course. I mean, at the beginning, it was you know, it was it was The Strokes, it was Arcade Fire. Like those were sort of the twin pillars of of the beginning of the band. Um, and then you know we were really into like Most Supreme Republic. They had that first oh, record. Yeah. yeah Do you guys remember We're Marching On? They're from Guelph. No. Uh, we lifted more like whole cloth out of we're marching on than probably was a- appropriate in retrospect. Like yeah. we really bit a lot of stuff from them and we talked to one of the guys later and we're like, yeah, ha ha ha. We like stole all the stuff. He's like, I know <laughs> <laughs> you really did. That's amazing. Uh, and unfortunately they didn't stick around much longer. Yeah. Uh, so we, you know, we, we carried that torch.
0: Well, you guys, uh, you guys seem to make a pretty good go at it. That's for sure. What instrument you play in the band I
1: don't know that we made that clear At the beginning This, of is, this was not in the cards You guys didn't do the the cards beforehand No There's the keyboard card Well we uh, like to actually keep some of it bass. a surprise uh, I play keys And then these days I play guitar a lot as well
0: Was that your primary instrument When you, when you guys first started
1: yeah i kind of got drafted into the band belatedly because no one wanted to play bass and they're like well graham can sort of play the piano so he can do the bass with his left hand you know like the doors Ooh, yeah. and i was like absolutely and i never even tried uh because it it's not fun to play the left hand i was like i'm gonna write riffs like you guys and then that's dave had to play the bass just right. by default he didn't want to do it but we forced him into it dave is our, our singer and bassist
0: very cool
2: have you guys had the same lineup the whole time
1: yeah um it's, I guess that's normal-ish. Most of the bands I know are like, you know, high school buddies and, and mm-hmm. stayed pretty much the same, but it's starting to change now. Like we all, our co- sort of cohort just hit like the decade mark. Yeah. And similarly, like I'm 30 now and I'm, I'm starting to know people who are getting divorced instead of everybody getting married all the time. Bands are starting to change too. Um, and so, you know, we're still, we're still holding it together.
0: That's, uh, that's good to hear because, yeah, it does, especially around this, this uh, age group, it does start to, like, get crazy with the marriage and the kids and the, you know, homes or whatever it is, and it's hard to keep things together, but it, it's good that you guys got a, seems like a solid core group of, of people to uh, keep it going.
1: Yeah, well, we really, I mean, we couldn't, we're not qualified to play in other bands particularly. We've only <laughs> ever played together, um, and so that's just what we know how to do, and, you know, which been successful i mean it's it sounds glib but like it's not that hard to stay in a band when it pays your rent well okay so
0: speaking of being successful i'm always curious do you did you recognize there was some there was a point where there was like a tipping point where you're like okay this is a real thing we're gonna go full steam this is our job now
1: Uh, Do you you remember when that was? Well, we thought we recognized it much earlier than it actually was. When we first, a record label said that if we made an EP on our own dime, that they would release it. Yeah. We're like, great, quit school. Let's do this thing. Yeah, um, which wasn't quite well. Yeah, yeah. Cart before the horse. We lived with our parents, so that really helped. You know, didn't, we could just do that. We could go to America for and just lose money every night, just bleed it out because it was just we'd our college funds on it. Right. Um, and f- frankly, it seems like it was a better use of the money. As <laughs> I was, I would have been like, a, I have no idea what I would have been. Yeah, I, I maybe, would, maybe I would have debt and a, useless a sad, degree. sad podcast host. I'm still a sad, sad podcast <laughs> host. I got that shit for free. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, so that that I don't know what the actual point was. I was thinking recently like um it's in as of May 1st it will be 10 years since I moved to Toronto since I moved out of my home. And I think that in retrospect that was kind of that was the beginning of it being my job. Like right. after that, I never did other work and I I always managed to, you know, pay my rent and and feed myself. So, I guess there. But, you know, it's a constant ebb and flow and I think the the glory days we didn't know were happening when they were happening right that's normal
0: i mean it's a slow transition it's like watching yourself grow you don't notice it i guess but in my head i always want a band to come in with a story a la that thing you do where it's just like fucking you
1: hear the song on the radio they're all
0: like running down the street turn on 96 or whatever and you know that's well that's what, what I want. you
1: learn is like and i mean it happens in that movie right like yeah. they get the song on the radio and they think oh great off we go and then it crumbles Right. Um, uh, None of us joined the military and none of us were replaced by the Wolfman, but it is, you know, I remember we knew when the song was going to be played on the radio for the first time. Do you guys have a
0: herdsman side project by chance?
1: uh, Not yet, but I think it's coming. Okay. There we go. And we are managed by Tom Hanks. You were saying uh, you you, you heard it on the radio for the first time. We all got together and sat in a car and listened to it and were excited. And then we like you know then we went home and went to work. It's not it's not as though that right then someone mails you a blank check and and you're done. It's sort of what we did. To be fair, as close as it's possible to come to someone mailing you a blank check right away, that kind of happened to us. I mean, we were really successful at the very beginning, and I I I don't mean to complain about our you know (laughs) the the fairly quick rise to well not not the top but the top of our careers. You know, our, our graph sort of spiked early and then. Plateaued and and you know, I've stopped keeping track of it for my sanity. I think.
0: Yeah, I think that's kind of important. It's hard to, how do you gauge that anyway? I mean, you're making a living doing something that most people only wish they would get even s- some money for doing. So, in that in that regard, I think that's pretty successful. Oh yeah. It uh, yeah, I remember learning the lesson. I went to uh, McMaster and I went to school with uh, the guys from Most Serene and the Arkells. Yeah. All good boys. Yeah. And I, I remember l- very quickly learning that lesson, like, oh, wait, this is a hit single. So you guys, like, it's easy
1: street now, right? Like, no, not even close. And I mean, Most Serena is a band who's, you know, an example of the other way that can go. And they had that arts and crafts deal and yeah. that record was great and everyone loved it. And then it, I mean, possibly because they changed time signatures nine times a second. Yeah. Uh, it didn't keep connecting in the same way. And they, they struggled and then they kind of stopped and now they're kind of back. And I'm buddies with Nick. Uh, and it's always interesting when we get together and inevitably end up talking about the music industry, the different paths and, and how I only in retrospect realize how much we really coasted. Well, that's good, though. I mean,
0: hindsight's always twenty twenty, but at least you know that it was, you know, you're you pretty lucky and, and you can still enjoy it. So, I don't... Yeah,
1: I enjoy it more than ever
0: now. Well, you mentioned a podcast. Let's talk about that for a second. Oh, great. I'm yeah, interested. this is
1: in the grand tradition of podcasts. I can't come here without pumping my own uh, my own tires. Yeah. Um, I co-host with my friend Kate Killett uh, a podcast called Stay Out of Riverdale, which is about the TV show Riverdale. What? Uh, and it's just like once a week, we get together with a guest and then just talk about it. Here we go. Go. Yep. Go.
2: I So I love Riverdale. You should come on I've, the pod. I've seen, like, I don't know if it was on Facebook or what, but I have seen things for your podcast so yeah, i know it exists um and i just recently got koji on the on yeah. the riverdale train you just tut- opened tut-
0: pandora's box i just yes. watched the whole thing this weekend
1: oh my god yeah. well, i'm af- not
2: i'm not qu- quite caught up i just so. caught up this morning what yeah, i'm i'm like an episode or two shy just but. keep it
1: roll after we finish crystal ball we'll just do like a, a cut and then we'll keep going and i can get a a green episode in the bag Yeah, we for go later.
2: yeah i'm into it we oh can man, love that show, man! It's
1: so great. It's so fun. It's, it's. We decided to do this podcast talking about the future. They announced it, and Kate and I were like, "That's wild and possibly ill-advised, but bound to be interesting." Let's commit to making a podcast about every episode before we've seen a word of it. And oh. it has. I haven't regretted it at all. It's just fun to talk about, it. even when it's yeah. t- terrible. It's a blast to talk about.
2: Yeah, and but I mean, I feel like the show is getting better. Each episode sort of builds the universe in a way that makes it. Better they're figuring watch. it out yeah i
1: think the second season is really gonna fire on all cylinders
0: yeah, you, so. you know what i have come to to terms with the fact that like you know it doesn't even need to be justified even if it remains as like more bad or however, however you want to look at it if it remains where it is i'm still gonna just keep watching it because yeah. it's compelling if nothing else
1: you like, know
2: it's fun tv to watch like it's it, it makes you feel kind of dirty the way a soap opera does right
1: well it's gratifying i mean and I understand that there's there's no shortage of this kind of television on network, but I guess for whatever reason, probably because I'm a snob, I've missed it. And sort of to realize, like, oh, I can watch a TV show that A isn't an hour long, and B is just enjoyable. Yep. I, you don't have to parse it. You don't have to think about it. It's not a crushing bummer, like existentially. Right. It's just a TV show mm-hmm. for fun. And it's heavily stylized
0: in its own unique way, mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm. I, which I really appreciate. And I keep thinking, and we talked about this a second ago, was that uh, Jughead is Veronica Mars. Yep.
1: Like, I never watched Veronica Mars, 2MT. but I, I think I understand the comparison. You, you,
0: you should. definitely should. I, I didn't think I was going to like it. And then I, again, powered through all of them right before the movie came out. Because right. my friend's girlfriend had gotten Kickstarter passes or whatever. and Don't regret it. Don't nice. regret a single second of it. But let's get back to Tokyo Police Club.
2: Mhm. So what are you guys up to these days?
1: Uh currently we're we're making a record technically, but we're in the phase where like that means that our singer is writing songs in New York somewhere and I'm doing a Riverdale podcast.
0: Is, is it a concept uh, record about Riverdale?
1: Uh it will be when I get through with it. I yes. usually, you know, he usually asks me for lyrical advice and I'm just going to sneak in because he I don't think he watches it, which means I can suggest these things as though they're original ideas. Amazing.
2: Just Fully remove sections of, of script and just turn that 100% into the lyrics. I think it's
1: a wonderful idea. Just well, Archie writes line. songs. So what do you yeah, want? True. You know? Yeah, he you does. guys
2: should just cover Archie uh, songs? Archie's songs. I wish they, and they that were one better. one original Josie um, <laughs> and the Pussycat song that they're writing that Archie... It comes and magically saves.
1: Yeah, with that with that uh, word switch on the first line. Yeah, Genius. saves that. Saves it. Genius. That's what it's all about.
0: Well he also inverts the second and third verse. Let's not forget.
1: Yeah, um, true. you know, after I watched that episode, I I got on the phone to Dave. I was like, Yo, Dave, it's your cousin, Marvin Dave. You know that <laughs> new lyrical sound you've been looking for? <laughs> Listen to this. <laughs> Flip the second and third verses. Uh, and since then it's been easy street. That's amazing. So so um how far along do you
0: think until until the, the new record is, is ready for taste testing? Uh, there's an
1: email thread right now trying to figure out when the next time we're gonna get together and jam on a few new songs is, and I think after that we'll be ready to go into the studio. Um, honestly, though, not till next year. Like at this point, I mean, just because of boring industry like orthodoxy of when you can and can't release records, it's not going to be ready in time to get it out in seventeen. I don't think.
0: So that's interesting because I used to play in a band. And I, I've heard a lot about this, but I feel like there's some people out there who, who don't know too much about it. Do you feel qualified to explain why there are certain times that you can and can't release records?
1: Yeah, I mean, I can give a, a rundown, but it is, I should say that it's, I'm less. I used to really take an active interest and try and learn a lot. And then I spent 10 years in the music industry and I was like, no one ever talked to me about this again. I'm, I'm tired of it. <laughs> so my I might be a little out of date. But basically, in a nutshell, the industry is still run by old people who still think things are the way they used to be and everything changes extremely slowly. Um, and so the sort of common orthodoxy for years was that around the Christmas season, which is generously interpreted to basically start in like late October, the only records that come out are the like, christmas present records so justin bieber mariah carey michael buble will put it a record every year now right yeah um and whether they're christmas records officially or they're just the new like world beater record adele or what have you that's pretty much what comes out and the idea is don't even bother because all the press attention will be sucked up all the radio will be sucked up all the displays at you know hmb and and tower records back in the old days will be taken up so don't put out like a Tokyo Police Club record. So you heard it here first.
0: The new Tokyo Police Club record is not a Christmas record. Uh, Exclusive.
1: I mean, I don't know. Sometimes Dave goes away for a few months to to write. I'm doing air quotes. And he comes back with a whole new scheme for everything. So, you know, it's possible. But we're going to find out together.
0: Don't backpedal on me now.
1: All right.
2: (laughs) Maybe your side project could be like holiday party music.
1: I think that would be great. I think you could. I mean... Honestly, not so, I mean, to be cynical, we probably should have made an Indie Rock Christmas record like in 2000. If we had made an Indie Rock Christmas record in 2011, I would probably have more money than I do. Substantially more, I think. Because people just buy it or stream it on Spotify, which eventually adds up. I would have bought it. That's,
2: I is I that collect... past
1: tense for a reason? You still buy physical media?
2: Well, specifically, um, oh novelty Christmas albums.
1: Aha. That's a good collectible. She also has piles of VHS
0: in her apartment. So, you watch them? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) They look cool though. I mean, I buy records. That's still physical medium, and I'm sure you guys probably sell. That's what people buy. Yeah,
1: that's all. It's well. Here's what's interesting um, is that we when we started, CDs were still the number one thing, and iTunes was nipping at the heels. And this is not even ten years ago, and that now it's you know streaming pretty much only. Uh, we still make CDs, but barely anyone wants them. And I think that actually, because the, the nostalgia sp- cycle is spinning sort of ever tighter, right? And I I, I really feel like CDs are going to make a nostalgia comeback. Well, soon. cassettes are already on the way. Cassettes so. already did it. You know, a couple years ago, everyone Ugh. was I. I was so annoyed about it which is like why don't you just take these like just take that raw plastic directly to the dump yeah and just skip the middleman because that's what you're doing here um and i think that the key is i think the key to knowing when a uh, physical thing is gonna come back is the second they start making cars not have it like tapes for a long time when i was a kid we were in high school we all had to have those like tape things to plug your ipod in yeah all cars had tape decks. Then all cars had CD players. Now cars are starting to only have aux ins and like Bluetooth. Bluetooth yeah. So I think given another year or two, CDs are going to come back. You're going to go to Urban Outfitters and pay like 19.99 for NMO of the State on the CD. Okay, so here's the thing, though. Here's the argument that I would make that I understand why maybe
0: a CD would make a comeback and why vinyl makes a comeback, right? Because vinyl, I mean, people will say it sounds better. I'm I'm neither here nor there about it, but it's a listening experience for one because it forces you to listen. You don't go like and find your favorite tracks that would be painstaking you listen to the whole thing and the signal is analog to analog at no point is it digitized when you're listening to you know a proper record Mm -hmm. setup and with with cds it's lossless quality right better quality than you get on streaming and you know so it's it's perfect what you lay down is what's coming out but I just, tapes like, are trash it's just like right in the middle middle ground no no benefits there
2: well i think that's the appeal to a lot of people because if you look at who is slash was releasing tapes recently um it's a lot of bands or creators who are actively pursuing that sort of lo-fi aesthetic right um you know you're not necessarily seeing tape releases from you know justin bieber so.
1: that's true uh, I've talked to people who too have said, you know, there's there's certain subsets of the industry, notably like punk and you know the zine culture, where they, they never stopped making yeah. cassettes because that's where yeah. always the currency of some of these, you know, mm-hmm. these really down and dirty like '80s '90s style mm-hmm. punk labels. They kept on living in that world. I guess it's cheap.
2: Yeah, so. or like the whole vaporwave thing. Um, it's not that. totally clear what that was. Um, I, like I think it's electronic music that takes its, uh visual aesthetic for videos and whatever and as well as some of the audio aesthetic of like early 90s technology so it takes that um like what was that uh animated show that would air on ytv that had the crazy computer animations on it reboot you know same time, but not reboot. It was like little mini clips. Oh, I wish
1: it was reboot. And oh, and there was weird, with music. zany, like acid trip shit. I don't know what it's yeah. called, but I've seen. I found them all on YouTube recently. A friend of mine found them all on YouTube yeah. recently.
2: I'm sure someone listening knows exactly what I'm talking about. They're
1: yelling um, it now. I yeah. feel like I should know. Yeah, and I, d- I wish that I do. It's driving me
2: crazy that I can't remember. But that aesthetic, you, you know, sampling that kind of sound and using those '90s clunky animated visuals yeah. that is sort of the core of what vaporwave is i think it actually started though um i watched a video on this um a couple months ago it started with editing like a simpsons clip or something
1: as all and good things start with the simpsons so,
2: yeah really weird so it's like someone did this like a uh, condensed history of vaporwave and i think that was like the root of where it started and then it kind of okay. spun out into this like generalized 90s
1: i have a, a pitch I think it's going to be big. Uh, you can find me on Patreon soon about it. Uh, podcasts, but on cassette tape.
2: Mm.
1: Really hard to come by. Let's hard do it. Hard to find. Hard to listen to. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasteful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they sound mm-hmm. worse. <laughs> I think it's going to be great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll do it. We'll do a mixtape of all the all the best episodes.
2: Yeah. We'll and we'll release it around Christmas time. Yeah. Sure. And we will just dub jingle bells under the whole thing. Yeah.
1: Mm. You're off to the races. Yes. Christmas well, podcast.
0: No one will talk about it. All right. So, now that we've talked about the past and present and a little bit of the future, why don't we get into some general questions about the future? Do you have anything that you might want to ask the cards?
1: I I mean, I need like a primer on what this even is. Obviously, I'm familiar with the idea and the concept, but I've never seen it done other than on TV shows where it always seems a little bit like... uh,
0: well, Vanessa's going to steal your soul, first of all. Okay,
2: that's, that's fine. Payment. That's she, fine. Yeah. It's payment good. is always souls, firstborn children, etc., etc. Right. Et
1: it's it's tired, uh, but I think that it's strong. So I it think you'll make good use of it. It's stuck for
2: a reason, you know? That's true. You know? Yeah. Um, the way that people read cards kind of varies from person to person. But the way that I do it is the cards are meant to be used as sort of a psychological tool. hmm and um, the images in the cards are supposed to evoke kind of universal meanings. Um, so you ask a question, we shuffle up the cards and flip one over, and the you know, subconscious is supposed to resonate with the images there to sort of help okay. you figure out what sort of things you should be thinking about or paying attention to uh, in regards to the question.
1: That's so much less like spooky than I assumed. You're really peeling back the curtain here.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: This is good though. I feel like for for cynics like me, who're like, oh, yeah. cool. There's like a whole movement of like hip crystal people now, and I'm like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, with, okay. Well,
2: the whole nostalgia train as, as it barrels through the world. Being a witch is cool again, as it was in the '90s when the craft came out.
1: When I'm they gonna Sure, get a we're, remake sure we're due for a remake of yeah. 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 Great Minds.
2: Yeah. I wonder who would be in it.
1: Ooh. Uh. I never saw it. How old are like, the people?
2: They're supposed to be high school.
1: It, it was uh, Nev Campbell, the and, uh, eleven from Stranger Things. Um, I think she's too young. Like in a few young. years. Well, yeah. they gotta get this it, shit off the ground, you know? Yeah. Um, everyone from Riverdale, just season two, just The Craft. I mean, Sabrina. Yeah. Oh, they could. D- I'm
2: really excited for Sabrina on th- Riverdale. They
0: could definitely pull in uh, Veronica for sure. Yeah, I, think she would. I think so.
2: Oh, yeah. She'd be she'd be good. Oh, um, she was already on uh, Coven. The blonde one who is like the hot blonde one in American Horror Story. And then she was on that other show where she plays like...
0: Isn't she some famous actress's daughter? I don't know. Julia Roberts' daughter or something like that?
2: Um, Emma niece, Roberts is in niece. that movie. Yeah. she. The, Emma oh, Roberts?
1: I think yeah. it's Emma Roberts, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I know who that is. She's been around for a minute.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think she would be, you know, she channels that, like, bitchy witch thing. Okay,
1: and she's a Roberts, so yeah. mm-hmm. Hollywood dynasty. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, I mean...
2: We'll pitch it. Yeah. Pitch it to Hollywood. Oh,
1: hell yeah. You yes. know people, right? Uh, <laughs> certainly, yeah. the uh, I assume that the, all the Riverdale people, you know, listen yeah. to my podcast and yeah. so yeah. listen to me criticize their choices <laughs> week in, week out. They're They're really excited to hear from me, I think.
2: Now, you need to imbue the cards with your energies. Yeah, I'm I'm going to make it more mystical because you said that I'm... Peeling back the curtain? Yeah. yeah, Yes, I got to re-pull that that curtain.
1: I actually, I never knew how to shuffle cards and not that I'm doing a good job, but I bought a deck of cards so I could learn and Mm. practice and watch videos. So I'm shuffling the cards right now and I don't look like a total dingus. Yeah. Like I used to have to pile them on the table and just move them around. Oh yeah, I still do that. You could do that. Yeah. but um, well, I, I work hard on this? It's i so
2: not going to show it off.
0: How many
1: people have like anxiety about shuffling mm-hmm. cards? It's like a thing.
2: So many people as they're shuffling they're like, "No, sorry."
1: Well, the mistake, if you make the mistake of the cards going everywhere, in any deck of cards embarrassing, in these magic cards yeah, uh true. potentially disastrous. Yeah. Which would be a good way for me to start, I'm sure, my inept <laughs> inept tarot reading. That's what this is going to be. Yeah.
2: Uh, okay, so now that you've shuffled the cards, um, what would you like to know about? So,
1: okay, I'm going to start with one that just is, It's I feel like it's a boring question because I don't, I know how I feel about it psychologically and stuff, but let's just do it as like a training round. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I am, it's at the forefront of my mind, which is like, I it's I won't tell the whole story because it's boring, but I wound up in a situation where I have two apartments when I only wanted one, um, and I'm trying to get rid of the other apartment because paying two rents is not ideal. Yeah, And as long as I don't get rid of it, I have to pay two rents. And it's bumming me out, so I guess I want to know if I will uh, get get rid of that apartment, sort of in the in the next in short order in the window that I'm in right now, which stops me from having to pay for it on May first. Okay, is that a, can I, should I rephrase it for the cards? That was meandering, I know.
2: Yeah, maybe rephrase it for the audience.
1: Okay, audience. Uh, I guess I'm Graham from Tokyo Police Club. And All I'm two of you. I'm doing an ID now. <laughs> You're listening to Tarot FM. Uh wi- will I manage to unload my accidental second apartment in time for the May 1st rent deadline?
2: Alrighty. Do 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 do. The Wheel of Fortune says, probably. Um, this is a card dealing with change and cycles and either starting a cycle or completing a cycle. So in a very straightforward question, um, this is a sign that, yes, you will sort of close things in their due time. Uh, when they should be closed, and you can then sort of move on and then do the next thing that naturally would come afterwards. So in this case, not have to deal with <laughs> this the stupid apartment. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, in you know, in a word, yes.
1: Terrific. Yeah, That's well, great. Is that is in one card? If you kn- so if you nail on it on the first question. card.
2: Yeah. So this was a pretty straightforward question. Right. So. Very specific. Um, yeah. It was very. It was very specific, but not in like a uh, what day will this happen? Gotcha. Which I can't do um but yeah because, because it's Fraud. a pretty, because it's a pretty uh straightforward question it can be answered you know with one card in a pretty straightforward manner okay if it's more like what should i know about or i'm making two decisions or this and right. that then we'll do the cards i might get you to split the deck i might pull multiple Ooh. cards from you know certain orders or whatever so it's all very um Intuitive to how the question is and so and this was like a pretty definitive if sometimes I'll pull a card and I'll be like, I don't know what that means. So we're gonna pull another one. Oh, I figure it out Okay, Um, because it's all symbolism right and so symbols can mean multiple things different cards can mean the same thing Okay, um, like sort of degrees of the same thing So it's all it's a bit of a conversation between you and me because I can talk sort of going down Option a of a card and you could be like I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh This is bullshit um, and I'll be like, okay, let's pull it back, and we can go down option B of the card, and he'll be like, oh, that makes a lot more sense, and I actually understand what that's referring to. Okay, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I have a question about the. I have a more like practical question. Are all the like on any set of tarot cards anywhere are the illustrations always the same, or are there like different ones? Because this is a very evocative illustration on the Wheel of Fortune. It's uh, it's sort of a look like Pat's a, a and spindle. Yeah, it is just a photo. It's a Polaroid of Pat Jack, which is weird. Um, no, it's so like it's a my custom deck. It's it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a stack of uh, pictures, uh, some of which have been scribbled on. No, it's like a big cloudy, like hand of God, turning uh, like almost like a spinning wheel. And on top of it, there's a king and a queen, or at least people in crowns and robes who look stoked, like they're dancing. And then off to the very corner, you can just see like the feet of someone who has been plunged off the wheel and is tumbling into like the open sky. Uh, And I feel like it really um, it sums up exactly what you said about the card pictorially, which is I'm very impressed. I don't know who drew it, but they did great.
2: So there's a couple of um, histories of the cards. And this is all stuff that we're actually going to probably cover in a sort of intro episode zero podcast well anyways, we can cut all this out we'll, if it's redundant it's okay we'll do like a little uh, I mean, I a won't. little mini lesson no, so, no one,
0: some people might not start at zero and then yeah, everyone's just going to be like i want to hear that tokyo police club episode
1: so and, and, and then there a very be way they're going to they're like that's, that's not, not the
2: singer i'm turning it off um so tarot started in the 1600s as essentially a card game and those cards they were the major decks Um, Or sorry, the major arcana cards, which are these ones here that have um, a Roman numeral and then a name like a a full name to the card Okay, and then the pips so like the one two threes the numbers those were just symbols. So there were um, coins rods uh, Cups and swords. Oh, I've heard of this or a variation on that And so like a, a modern deck of playing cards is based on the very same sort of principles um so from that was sort of like the Marseille tradition of cards. And so um, they, all of the images were very much centered on sort of characters. Um, then in the 1800s, the uh, Rider Waite deck was created by uh, people in the Golden Dawn, uh, which was like a religious occult sect. Great name. Um, and Side project. That, that became uh, sort of the, the golden standard, so to speak, of tarot cards for, uh, I mean, up until now even. Um, so most, if you pick up a book, most books will be based on that history of imagery. And so this deck here, which is the Morgan Greer tar- tarot deck, um, is based on that same type of imagery. So um, the basic image, Symbols that you see will be pretty consistent throughout any deck that's rooted in the rider weight um, imagery history. Um, there are other decks that have since uh, um, been designed. So, one of the more popular ones is the Thoth deck, which was created by uh, Alistair Crowley.
1: Oh, the from the Church of Satan. Yes. Uh, Wasn't he the.
2: Yeah. No, no, that is. Who am um, I thinking of? LeVay that is
1: what's Crowley's deal Uh, I've heard of him mansion and shit so
2: he he was the um, main creator or proponent of Thelema which is another sort of occult um, sect I don't personally know a ton about this stuff I kind of just have cursory knowledge of all of this
1: I'm lumping all my heathens into one uh, yeah all all those
2: evil people and whatnot yeah the satanic panic Mm -hmm. section of my brain is just like not very complex yeah um, yeah, so he created a tarot deck which is sort of like half in, half out of this type of imagery. And then um, a lot of uh, very modern decks, like decks created in the last 20 years or so, um, have imagery that's completely removed from um, the rider weight history. Um, so uh, a really popular example is the Wild Unknown Tarot as uh, an indie deck created I don't know I think like five or ten years ago Um, and it all it has imagery that's like really completely unrelated a lot of the names have been changed Um, and it evokes kind of a a different type of symbolism so all of that to say that not all the decks are the exact same but many of them are rooted in very similar uh, symbolism.
1: So the bigger differences are how each reader does their thing. Yeah, like and you sp- said.
2: And specific decks, people say they have different personalities. So I have another deck which is also rooted in the Rider Waite um, image history, but the imagery is very like tight cut on uh, people and, and the scene. So ah. um, let me see if I, I don't want to go through the deck. I'm just going to make it. Let's you not curse again. the reading no, with okay. a, some gonna go shit. I'm just going to go through the deck because um, I'll just make you shuffle it again, anyways.
0: Can I uh, just loop this back around to buns for just a second? Because you were talking about an apartment that you needed to get rid of. Are you a buns
1: user? Yeah, I posted on Buns Home Zone. Okay. I got tons of response. I, I almost someone almost took it and then they moved to Australia. Fuck so Unreliable flaky buns. Flaky
2: Buns. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, this is my main beef with buns, so flaky. Well, li- people are I, flaky. Yeah. I buns like it is in, just people. I like it in my croissants, not in my people.
0: Hey oh. Here we go. Comedy at its greatest. Yep. All right, I'm can hilarious. can you reshuffle that? Yeah, that guy let's for reshuffle us? it. I'll just
1: put this right back in. And
2: yeah, so put that card right go. back in there. Give it a shuffle, and while you're shuffling, think about what your next question is. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, there's like a lovely floral cloth in front of us. Is mm-hmm. that part of your tarot setup, or is it just a?
2: Yeah. So I'm generally not very superstitious, but one of the sort of basic inoffensive superstitions that i follow is that um it's suggested that your cards should be wrapped in silk cloth okay um often they suggest uh either black so white I screwed up the shuffle it was very embarrassing sorry it's okay i don't mean to interrupt you I just okay we're all friends here Bore talking about it, i think um or like a deep purple so mm. i don't have any of those in solid colors but this um cloth has quite a few deep purple flowers on it so I was like, "Eh, close enough." And it's silk, and it helps keep my cards not get covered in dust when they're sitting on my shelf at home. So, Thank but you. I mean, it's not like a strict necessity.
1: Okay. But it does feel like there should be some ceremony around it. I mean, how?
2: Yeah, it makes it nice. Cuz
1: we got to take it seriously, even if mm-hmm. we don't take it like uh like religiously it's like when you get hypnotized if you're like i'm not gonna get hypnotized then you won't yeah. it's not like it's not real magic yeah but exactly you can make the magic you
0: ready to get hypnotized
1: yeah let's do this shit you know what's hypnotizing i don't people probably always say this what's if they that? do it in here but like right between you guys there's the big now cover when buns is on it and the like right in my sort of whenever i stare into the middle distance if i don't want to look into one of your eyes there's just like this really like well researched um pink sex toy like, they just, it's doing all this stuff, and I'm like, I, that's all for a reason. Yeah. It, like, all of those c- twists and turns, they're all, like, lovingly molded for yeah. specific reasons, and it's its just right there in my field of vision.
0: Yeah. That's that's for a different podcast,
1: though. <laughs> that's, uh, the, that's the, there's the not
2: ballroom like, after dark.
1: Yeah. There's not a, a dildo card that just comes out, and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm screwed. Again, that's in my, yeah, that's in that's custom, my custom deck. deck. <laughs> <laughs> this <sighs> is just the now cover of Bonds. This is just a token. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, do cool, you have this another this question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a vaguer one. You can tell me if it's too vague, but I feel like you know, as I as I said, I'm 30 now, and over the last couple of years, I've been thinking a lot about the rest of my life, about the future, appropriately. Ooh, okay. And I feel like I've made a lot of uh, smart decisions and gamed out, you know, the the next few years of my life in a way that I feel really good about, and I feel like I was I did based on really solid information and good processes. Um, and I guess I'm, I'm wondering if I truly believe that.
2: Okay. Why don't we split it up into sort of different categories of concerns? Okay, cool. So for example, like love life, home life, work life, creative life, things like that. Right. Um, so why don't I have you split the deck into as many piles of those as you'd like to Oh, so like one,
1: work life, two, love life, et cetera. Yeah. And
2: sort of name them as you go so I can see what we're going to be talking about. Does All that right. work for you?
1: Yeah. Should so, I like make the size of the piles uh, commensurate to how complicated I feel like? Well, that's
2: actually, I almost wish you didn't bring that up because that's one of the sort of methods. Um, I guess I'm just a natural to, yeah, reader. Yeah. You, you must have some degree of psychic nature in you. <laughs> um, yeah. So w- one of the sort of factors in a reading is the, when you ask the person to cut the deck, um, if a pile is higher or lower, can determine if that's sort of what they're subconsciously leaning uh-huh. to or maybe what they should consider more. Um, so, that is one of the aspects to it. So,
1: looks like somebody's been to therapy already. <laughs> uh, we're going to start with work life. This is an intense one. It's simple. Mm-hmm. This is, a, I think, that seems like a pretty short pile. I feel pretty good about that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just go. This, this is pretty real, but I'm going to just take the uh, half of this remaining deck and give it to love life because, okay. I mean, we're not even gonna get anywhere on that oh boy um that's that's the continuation episode right there i have yeah that's the bonus subscribers only episode yeah for my mom to be like why not <laughs> work life love life what other parts of life are there he asked significantly
2: uh what creative endeavors creative endeavors that's travel my work plans.
1: yeah that is his work life yeah. so and so travel plans actually uh, finances <laughs> everything i do is the yeah, same oh finances that's a good one in general. boom finance pile
0: and and everything else pile maybe is, Mis- that okay? can I do else? Yeah. is that okay? Is
1: that okay? We can. <and laughs> Please don't get me in trouble. We can do the, the, the
2: final pile as being sort of like a general uh, advice from the universe. Yeah, hell yeah. Let's do that. Overarching themes. Okay, great. Stuff like cool. that.
1: Boy, well. Okay. I really put it all down in love, but let's, yeah. let's get this going. Yeah. Oh man.
2: Okay. So work life, love life, financials, uh, financials advice from the universe. Advice from the universe. Okie All
1: right. We're on work all life, right, people.
2: So work life is four pentacles. Um,
1: pentacles. Oh, that's the pen, like a pentagram.
2: Uh, yeah, well it's it's coins. Um so in this deck they represent uh, material things. So money. Okay. Uh, they represent you know pro- property, owning things in a home and right. sort of comfort. It's uh, the capitalist uh, card. Not just capitalist card, but, um, it's like a card that deals with just physical things. So it can even deal with like your physical health. It can deal with, you know, good food. Okay. Um, so it, it's that sort of, it's the most, uh, tangible qualities of what the cards are kind right. of talking about. Um, and this card in particular is a card that deals with knowing, um, how much to give and how much to take, uh, from a certain situation. Um, in particular, um, it often deals with knowing how much money you should be holding on to or investing or saving versus how much to spend or, um, or invest. Or, S- say,
1: or pour into an apartment that's sitting empty, that, just for instance.
2: For, for example, just from thin air. Um, so in regards to work, like knowing what to be putting yourself into that will give you the proper returns and without sort of uh, overextending yourself or putting too many eggs in one basket um so sort of the the general mood the general suggestion is saying you know be smart with how you pursue sort of the next next events in your work career um insofar as kind of like investment versus return
1: right gotcha
2: and so and it's not necessarily just like literal investment but also you know time is money yeah that whole thing um, so it's saying like for the next little while, or sort of the f- the overarching thing to th- be thinking about is that kind of attitude right. aspect.
1: Okay. okay, so maybe hold off on that new Nord. Um, I have an old Nord. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so then, what like can I can I like can you can I say hit me?
0: Oh, well, like you want to follow up? I yeah. want to
1: follow up. Yeah. Generally, Could I ask? A, a, am I am I is my current balance good? Am I have, have I been picking so the right you, priorities? Have you been doing that? Right. Exactly. Because I think yeah. I have. So let's see what the cards have to say.
2: So the uh, follow-up card is um, Temperance, which is a major arcana card. Um, this is a card about um, about balance, about understanding give and take, about um, sort of having goals and dreams and aspirations, but knowing the path to them and taking the steps towards the path rather than just sort of blindly throwing yourself into something without thinking about, you know, pros and cons or repercussions, um, or, you know, on the opposite side without just sort of stagnating and not knowing how to go about that. So if the question is, have I been following that proper balance, Mm -hmm. this is a pretty good indication that the answer is yes. Okay, cool. So, um, and then, and if not, it's sort of just a, a suggestion to say, like steer back onto that, Aha! Onto that track. Nice, okay. Um, it's not out of reach if you feel like that balance isn't happening. But if you feel that balance is happening, then, you know, it's kind of a go with your gut that is probably true. Right. So, um, all in all, this seems to be... A, this pair of cards is kind of saying, like, you kind of know what you need to do, and you've already been doing it, probably. Crushing it. Yep. You, you got it, so
1: the card's got my back. So that Christmas album is gonna be sweet. It's gonna be a
2: smash.
1: Uh well then let's just get right into the love life pile. Okay. We got a big pile. Sounds juicy. I just want like universe advice here. I don't have a question. Hopefully it is juicy. Yeah.
2: It's hopefully. <laughs> All right. It's so weird. It's
1: the uh the crusty old bachelor card. That's well.
2: Well, this is actually it's a weird card to get for like a single love life flip. Um it's justice which is another major arcana card. So something I didn't really mention yet is any of the major arcana cards are typically indicative of um, a major choice, a major influence, um, something that you should really be paying attention to one way or another. Um, So it's either like a really big confirmation or a really big warning sign or something like that. Um, That said, this is a a weird card to get in regards to love because it's a very... um, unemotional card. It's a card about, um, very much being, uh, pragmatic, being, uh, practical, being, uh, unintuitive and being very much, um, making decisions on, on fact and sort of opt trying to optimize things, um, make things resolve fairly. Um, None of those are really qualities that you necessarily uh, associate with relationships. So I am now going to take the, the the liberty of flipping another card. We're clarifying. We're clarifying. We're going in. So um, the next one is King of Swords.
1: Great card.
2: Yes. This is a... Um, like it looks in, great. I have no yeah, idea what it means, in, obviously. In combination with with Justice, it... Um, it It tells me that uh, perhaps um, you are too much like this uh, in your love life or have been in the past and what you need to do is sort of like release that um, that pragmatism a little bit to sort of fully
0: let your heart guide you
2: yeah it, it sort of suggests being like a bit too in your head because this is a card about really uh, being like smart, being really at, like actively doing those things that I was listing mm-hmm. before. Um, and so it, seeing as it was sort of like a general, like what's the deal with my love life? Um, it, it, it indicates that this is the the attitude that maybe you... And, and, and like maybe this is something that you can inform me on. It's either the attitude that you need to take on or the attitude that you have been doing so far. And that's kind of why you are where you are now. It's like a situation, like a situationing right. spread. OK. Does that sound right? Yes. OK. Yeah. Um. So then my question is, do you want to ask the cards what you could do to change that? Or are you OK with that?
1: I do have a follow-up question for the cards. I'm trying to think of how to phrase it as a question. Let's you could talk through it. Let's just walk through this. Yeah. Because um, I feel like that's, that's pretty accurate um, of late, but I feel like in the past I've gone the other way, the opposite mm. to what that was saying, with questionable results, shall we say. Um, so what's the question? Uh, really? <laughs>
2: Or maybe um, like seeing as the being on the other end didn't seem to lead you to the right situation. How do you land in that middle ground?
1: Right. Yeah. What she said. Okay. Cards. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cosine.
2: All right. Queen of rods. So this is a card that suggests um, not exactly like following your heart or letting your heart lead you. Um, but sort of. Uh, Rods tend to be a card about passion more than like emotions specifically. Um, And so this kind of suggests you do want to sort of go with your gut a little bit in that sense. Don't overthink things um, and allow yourself to like live passionately in that sense. Um, The other suggestion that it could be hinting at is finding someone who has that quality and have them kind of be your balance because right. um, th- th- these are, are sort of paired cards when it comes in- to relationships but again it, it's either uh, an energy that you should imbue in yourself or find that other person and that's sort of what you should be looking for in a mate to right. help you reach that middle ground okay so they help balance you out so
1: Gotcha. No. Okay. Yeah. All right. Find yourself a real firecracker. Find myself a queen of rods. Yeah. yeah. She looks like a real firecracker. Yeah, she's, she's a, babe, a man. She's holding a big sunflower yep. and a, and a and rod. Dick. a
2: stick. Yeah. There's a definitely, a, there's definitely a
1: joke to be made there. Get into kink. Yes. Got it. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going right. to move on. Yeah, um, find
2: a kinky blonde girl.
1: With a sunflower. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm going to walk out of here with a sunflower tattoo, like in the Matrix. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Follow the white rabbit. Uh, <laughs> fine. Fine. Uh, dope. All right, Fine. let's. Should we move on to financials?
2: Yeah, unless you have got more questions for that one, we can move on to. Financials. I don't have more
1: questions. Okay. I mean, I could keep. We could keep on turning over cards all night, probably, and keep on turning over uh, yeah. unexamined rocks in my psyche. But yeah. let's not. How, let's how spare deep the listeners. Do you go? Yeah, no, no, let's not go too deep. This will
2: be a four-part episode. This is a
1: four-part episode <laughs> that is of interest to no one except myself.
0: <laughs> anyway, I think I take away from that you're more of a Betty guy than a Veronica.
1: Oh yeah, that's probably true. There you go. Yeah. Nice. Dark, just,
2: but dark Betty. Dark Ooh,
1: Betty. Yeah, yeah. Dark Betty. Wow, real queen no of rods. That one. Yeah. She is a real queen of rods. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, actually, I think regular Betty is. Yeah. Okay. I think regular Betty is.
0: Okay. Let's uh, let's let's see right. what the store for yeah. the monies let's get
1: in there. Woof. Uh, <laughs> <This> <laughs> blindfolded lady surrounded by swords, about to be murdered. Yeah. This is great. This is encouraging.
2: Yeah. Not a great <laughs> card. Um, it's not necessarily about to be murdered but don't
1: like don't don't spare the uh the queen of rods give (laughs) me to me straight doc
2: um so this is the eight of swords um this is a card that talks about lack of information or feeling like you can't make decisions because you are restricted in some way um generally whatever information you need to take action you don't have um so that could be you know in regards to finances not knowing where your income is coming from, not knowing where your income is going, Um, not understanding the systems around your money. Uh, You know, if you have money invested, not really understanding how to maximize that or how you should be choosing those investments. Or
0: how to fill a second apartment.
2: Or how to fill a second apartment. Again, this is a hypothetical. Making making decisions about housing that's maybe not the wisest. Um, Yeah, so it's it's about being a little bit... um, unmoored and and unsure because either situationally or sort of your lack of researching has put you in a position where you can't really you can't make informed decisions right it's it looks uh, pretty pretty disappointing in terms of it's a freaky uh, looking card it's a freaky looking card but it's not it's like not the worst card you could get by far
1: yeah no i i feel it feels descriptive i want a second card It could be a warning, you know? It could be a warning. It could be advice. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. good kind of warning. What do we have here? This is another pretty fucked up looking card.
2: Yeah, we have another swords here, which is the five of swords. Um, As far as like a follow-up card to this, I'm not sure if it's sort of maybe explaining why this first card is happening or like I said, a warning or advice. I'm not too sure. So I'm just going to talk about it and maybe you can say what, Makes the most sense. Let's get in there. Um, So this is a card about sort of... It it, it could go a couple of ways. Um, The card, depending on your personal point of view, could be someone who has won and is kind of picking up... uh, Sort of taking... Taking the 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 spoils spoils of war. Yeah, taking the spoils of war. Um, But there is sort of... It, it's like a bittersweet kind of a situation, like in the process of getting that win, you've lost quite a lot uh-huh. and perhaps it's not worth it. Um, the other thing could be losing and you are kind of picking up the pieces of what's left and trying to uh, sort of do the best you can to to get yourself back up to, to a functional space. Um, so... It's hard to say specifically sort of which direction it's leaning in.
1: I mean, between the two, it feels more descriptive than necessarily predictive. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess they could mean that it's going to get worse or stay the same, but it feels like that that, 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 that all tracks, right? Yeah, and
2: I mean, if we look back at sort of the other two cards, the pattern so far has been sort of the overarching thing and then sort of a support Mm -hmm. descriptive card. So I wouldn't be surprised if that... Was continuing this trend here right Um, so yeah so if it's sort of like why are you in this situation maybe look to one of those uh, events right an an event that sort of fits one of those um, to sort of explain what the lack of information is about or where it's coming from right or, or you know, what? Why? Why you don't know shit?
1: So I, borrow, I i buried a coffee can full of bills, and I forgot where the X mm-hmm. was on my map. So it's, it's real like bad a, right now, guys.
2: It's like a squirrel planting acorns kind of a thing. Yeah,
1: exactly. I—I uh, I became a Ron Paul fan and bought all gold, and, um, and no one sent it to me yet. I'm starting to think I might have been uh, sold a bill of goods. So well, here we go.
2: So do you do you want the third? Um, like answer card, maybe?
1: I think yeah. I if just we, I feel like that would be pretty I feel like if we turn over something that is like yellow or blue instead of the like greys and bloods of the, the cards we just had, it's just gonna be a nice moment of yeah. lightning. Or we're gonna it's gonna like really hit.
2: Yeah, this is this is always a really tense moment for me because I'm like, Oh, just please be something. This nice. is like like I
1: have nineteen and we're turning over yep. the card and I'm either gonna bust or I'm going home with all the marbles.
2: Yeah. All right, page of rods.
1: He looks like he's playing a uh, bass in a skiffle band.
2: (laughs) He's got the hat, too. He's got the hat, too. Um, So this is a card about sort of embodying a certain personality type. And that personality type is kind of a a more uh, fresh-faced or innocent version of the Queen of Rods. Page of Rods is about uh, being willing to take new opportunities and... Um, sort of following your gut in, in that sense. Um, and, and it's very much about sort of approaching things not in a childlike manner, um, but with a similar sort of sense of uh, openness or, you know, you know, f- allowing yourself to feel odd um, as an AweD. Um, in regards to money and sort of specifically the the swordsy cards that were pulled before, it's kind of saying it's like I want you to not just look up like where is my money, but where could my money be? What are all the things that I could do with my money? Like like be more uh, investigative um, ab- about your finances.
1: It, at least visually, it's a much more pleasant card. Yes. And it seemed yeah. to suggest some uh, some ways out. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. great.
2: It's it's encouraging. All right, so now, general, general advice, advice from the universe. universe. All right, so we have the two of pentacles. Um,
1: oh, like our old friend, the beginning, the five of pentacles, first yeah. card. Yeah, It comes full circle.
2: So generally speaking, um, I find that my personal reading in this card tends to be a little different than kind of the standard reading. Um, but this is a card about travel. It's a card about physical and emotional travel, if that makes sense. Um, it's about actually going places and doing things and new experiences, but it's also about sort of having the, um, that kind of heart, if you know what I mean. Um, but it's not just doing that. It's about creating a balanced environment for yourself, like mentally, emotionally, physically, and making sure that you're doing kind of self care and sort of fulfilling um like fulfilling your needs as, as a full person right. as, a, as, a, as a as a as a self-realized human um so it, it's usually encouragement to do that um or to begin that process if you haven't already there's still like a lot of goodness yet to come like don't feel like you have kind of done all you could do or you're stuck in a rut or anything like that it's very much a card about um sort of opening the possibilities it's like not necessarily at the start of your journey but you've still got a whole bunch of you know life ahead of you right yeah so that's kind of that and then what i'm gonna do something i haven't done with the other ones which is look at the bottom of the deck which is called the shadow card shadow card um so these cards sort of are um the bottom of the deck is like the underlying message or maybe like a hint or tip Uh, and this is actually a really interesting, uh, underlying card to get. It's the Ace of Swords. So the swords have come up as sort of like a not great factor, uh, in the rest of the reading. So what this implies is that you should maybe take a look at how you're using your, um, your intellectual nature and make sure and this is sort of like talking about the balance of this card make sure that you're using it in a way that's helping you don't limit yourself because you are too caught in your head versus um, you know not wanting to be too emotional about something like that yeah so how was that?
1: it was very interesting it was good. Um, I feel like it, I, it really satisfied my sense of narrative closure with the the um, the two of Pentacles. Full circle with again it was full circle and then it also ended with like possibility. Mm-hmm. but then you went in there with the shadow card, which like picked up a thread like Samuel Jackson came in with an eye patch after the closing credits mm-hmm. and uh invited me to join the Avengers of being dumb. <laughs>
2: <laughs> not dumb, just like not hyper not an overthinker, which yeah. is
1: is you know I mean I don't know, it's not I'm certainly not the only one with that problem in this crazy topsy turvy day and age. Yeah. But yeah, it felt it felt uh, accurate. It felt I like that the tension of flipping oh, the, yeah. the cards um real I I see why they use it in movies all the time. Mm-hmm. You ready
0: to uh, wash your uh, cosmic palette here? Cleanse your cosmic palette. We're going to do a couple speed round questions. Oh, hell yeah, let's get in there. Uh, before we let you go.
1: So let's uh,
2: shake the it? old LCBO bag.
1: I wondered. I saw that. I was like, is there going to be booze? And then you picked it up and I was like, is there going to be booze <laughs> now? Like this is something where we all just like chug abs in yeah, and I then I you answer
0: questions. So why don't you just reach in there and all pull right. out a I'm question? Gonna, you want
1: to get the Foley? <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. And that's what the listeners love, I'm sure. <laughs> Dump that in under anything. Crinkle, crinkle.
1: All right. Question number one. What product would you shill slash sell out for? Well, first of all, a bunch. I'm an independent musician in 2017. Like, you (laughs) name it, I'll sell it. But more specifically, I actually, and I don't, this is going to sound so pluggy and I don't mean it to be, it's just a coincidence that uh, I think today, the day we're recording this, I don't know when it's actually going up, so this might have already happened, but um. They were recording this, I just got an email saying, hey, we're announcing this show Tokyo Police Club is doing today, and it's a show we're doing for uh, a made-up holiday called Caesar Day, which was made up by the good people at Mott's, the Clamato company. Oh, amazing. Um, and I've never shilled for anything that I so th- like steadfastly stand behind. I'm all about Clamato juice. It's very Canadian. Nobody likes Clamato juice except yep. Canadians. I just had a Bloody Mary uh, at, at O'Hare International Airport, and it was really lacking a certain hint of clam. So, folks... Get down to the grocery store, get yourself a tasty jug of clam tomato juice, just just dump some vodka in there over ice, and you're going to feel like a million bucks before you know it. When's the show? I forget. I think it's May 18th. I will put that in the show notes.
0: Yes. All right, next. next. I don't have to know. It's in
1: Toronto. Someone's going to be like, where are you? It's supposed to be Soundcheck," sound check. And I'll get in the Lightning
0: round question.
1: (laughs) <laughs> you'll notice listeners at home that i was not permitted to draw my own question after the debacle <laughs> with the paper bag sounds no
0: generally we just go around in a go circle
1: around. oh i see are you gonna answer this one then no, no this is for you oh, i mean I'm, I'm happy to answer it i'm see, sure I've we all go it in a cir- around in a circle and i am you know if it's a circle of attention i'm the center of that attention that's correct oh yeah this but, is great but there's a twist though because well we'll get to the twist in a second
2: <laughs> i didn't even know there was a twist oh
1: there's no, a I'm twist worried. once we're all done here,
0: there's but, a shadow card you're saying uh, <laughs> if the band was a 90s boy band which one would it
1: be? This is a good question and it deserves careful consideration. It's you guys like really strike theater. me as an O-Town.
2: That's always your answer. I know. Uh, you just want to hear O-Town back on the radio. Yeah,
0: some liquid dreams. You one. know what that song was about, don't you? Um, Yeah,
1: sweet dreams. Yeah. Yeah. After a, Innocent.
2: a refreshing day of swimming.
1: <laughs> yeah. I believe that's true. Who? I mean, because the question is not what's my favorite '90s boy band. No, the question no. is which one will we be? Oh yeah. And I want to try and be clear-eyed and honest about this. Yeah. Uh, and say maybe 98 Degrees, Ooh, like okay. not the top. You know, never quite made it to the, the big show, but we were solid. Yeah. Solid fan base. Solid fan base. Um, looked good in a boat at sunset, if I'm remembering correctly and Nick Lachey is in us, right? Yeah, he's in all of us, I think. I like that. All right, so 98 degrees. So my shadow card is the Nick Cliche of Swords.
0: <laughs> all right, so now the new twist here is you can ask us a similar sort of question, and then we're going to add it to the bag.
2: Oh, yeah, I did know oh, that.
0: Oh, I'm going to pay it forward. Yeah, so that anyone else who comes on, your question will be a possible cool. question cool. in the bag. And, and we'll answer your question, I suppose and you can answer too i feel like it should have something to do with riverdale because that's like your secret area of expertise
1: yeah true i mean the the classic question is betty or veronica it's but i feel like that's Ooh. it's a little gendered
2: hey I, i'm a veronica girl
1: i guess because you can choose you can either be one or the other or you can pick one of the other as a friend or as a romancer i mean we ask that question every week on the podcast on State of riverdale uh, yeah. on iTunes now we asked Betty or Ver- to Team Betty or Team Veronica. and like no one's got mad at us yet. I feel like we gotta that's gotta be it then. Yeah. Say Team Betty or Team Veronica. Yeah. That's yeah. less lascivious, right? Sure. And that was how I intended it in the first place. I gotta go
0: by a small margin, Veronica, mm. I think because she seems the most put together of almost all the characters on the show. You know, like she's got her thing, but clearly she she her heart's in the right place and she's not overly uh scarred as scarred as as everybody so far uh so she gets my vote
1: okay
2: yeah i mean i already said i'm sort of default team veronica um as like a a fiery dark-haired girl growing up that was kind of the obvious choice that's what you got but i mean i gotta say on the new show betty charming real charming she's great and she like is learning to stand up for herself which she i love got a
0: little dark side she's yeah it, a, little dark yep. a little dark betty Yeah.
2: little dark betty so uh, like it's kind of on the cusp but well um, you want the questions to be hard yeah. yeah yeah it's true this this is a hard one it's a hard what one what do answer. the cards think <laughs> yeah
0: all right well the last question before i let you go is what do you have to plug oh extras 2 we're gonna play Hopefully, not get sued. A Tokyo Police Club song at the end of this episode. What should we play?
1: Yeah, do it. Um, I guess if you want to stand the least chance of getting sued, <laughs> now, uh, what's one? What's what's a good ender for this? Uh, this here podcast. We talked about the past, the present, and the future. Shit, that doesn't narrow it down at all. Um,
0: well, are there any songs with questions oh, in the yeah. title? Because I feel like. Or a lot of those
1: being lobbed around. Uh, pop quiz, Graham. What are your songs called?
2: Do any of them have you shilling various beverage options?
1: Uh, sadly, no. We've not been offered enough money yet. Uh, we actually had, we had, we we were about to release our uh, our give a Pepsi to a cop single, uh, <laughs> and we thank nice. God we just we scrubbed it the very last minute, so we avoided all that. But it was really you thought the commercial was bad. Yeah. Woo! It was close. It was like six minutes long, and we rap in it. Uh, it's just it's bad you get the dj from uh lincoln park or something in there uh oh who's the dj from lincoln park i
0: used to know this i have no idea i it was just trying matter. to bring it back to uh 90s music yeah some 90s or like early 2000s uh what
1: was it new metal new metal new metal and but mm-hmm. the u with umlauts yeah mm-hmm. uh i mean look i had a red yankees cap that i wore backwards i'm not too <laughs> proud
0: and did it all for the nookie um
1: right. <laughs> Yes, when, I was, when that <laughs> yeah. song came out when I was in grade six, I was like, as you say, Fred Durst, <laughs> heavy is the head that wears the crown. Uh, I looked at the King of Swords card as I said that, and it sort of looked at me like its crown was a Yankees hat. Yeah. What was the question? What song should you play? Yeah. Uh, Nookie <laughs> by the Biscuit. <Yeah. laughs> Definitely Boom. getting sued. Uh, what's a uh, recent Tokyo Police Club song? your favorite just Didn't your get favorite get one. love um my, my favorite is like nine minutes long so don't do that we've already i've already talked for ages do um you know what never gets enough regard is a little song called through the wire through the wire from tokyo police club's 2014 uh masterpiece s- seminal comeback masterpiece embraced by several um ignored by most force field through the wire is like the second last track on it i think All And he right. never got to play it live and it's really good uh
0: through the wire. Yeah, get it. We're going to do it. All right. Well, the final question is, what do you got to plug?
1: I already plugged Stay Out of Riverdale. Yeah. And yeah. I'd like to plug that again, if yeah, I may. Yeah, of course. I'd like to buy a vowel.
0: Where does one get that?
1: Uh, it's on iTunes. It's on the Google Play Store. Uh, eventually, I figured it out. It's on SoundCloud. Uh, we're at, at Stay Out of River D on Twitter, Stay Out of Riverdale on Facebook. And uh, I, just, I actually just did... Um, a special bonus episode where I talked for twenty minutes about the real world maple syrup industry, oh, which nice. was extremely indulgent, uh, and I, I'm I'm pretty proud of it. So, it, if if you liked this podcast yeah. but wish there were two fewer voices, <laughs> well, have I got and a lot more you. maple syrup and a lot more maple syrup?
0: All right, awesome. So check that out. Obviously, check out Tokyo Police Club. And uh, look out for Graham in karaoke bars around the city.
1: Hell yeah. Thanks so much, guys. This is really fun. I've never Thanks done anything like this before.
2: Yes, I am a wet. Thanks again to Graham for coming into the studio with us this week. If you like this episode and would like to hear more, you can find us at podcast.buns.com. That's podcast.bunswithazed.com. If you're in a band and want to be on the show, or have some comments, compliments, or suggestions, email us at podcast at buns.com, or you can get in contact with me directly on Instagram at Dogma and Ritual, or on Facebook under Dogma Plus Ritual Tarot. Crystal Ballroom has been brought to you on the Buns Podcast Network.
1: Through the wire to your door you do I'm killing time until I see her
0: So many days but I
1: don't care